You're listening to The Nerve, an English at WIT podcast. This is a very delayed episode that should have been recorded a few weeks ago, but due to COVID, it just wasn't possible. On Wednesday, the 9th of March, almost 50 of our students piled into the Theatre Royal in Waterford on the wettest day in quite some time. <laughs> that was the day our colleague Krista de Bruyne's number plate went for a swim in the Cork Road, incidentally, and when we would all have probably sold our souls for a golf umbrella. Um, but we had been invited there by Mary Boland, the manager of the theatre, to use the space and had asked theatre artist in residence Jamie Beamish to run our English and Theatre Studies Day. So this is an initiative that staff in English and Theatre Studies implemented a number of years ago and we invite guests to run workshops and seminars and activities with our students. In addition to his role in the Theatre Royal this year, uh, Jamie is an actor who has worked on stage and screen. Most recently, he was in the wonderful production of Marina Carr's Portia Coughlin at the Abbey. And he's had roles in Bridgerton, Derry Girls, and will soon be seen in Billy the Kid and Halo as well. Um, but on this particular day, he focused in on Shakespeare. So today we're going to talk to Mary and Jamie about the changing role of the Theatre Royal in Waterford and about the importance of events like this too to, to groups of young people. So Mary, welcome. Um, can I start with you maybe? Would you tell us just a little bit about your role in Theatre Royal? Um, I know it's a, a very wide ranging and varied role, but it's also probably quite a challenging role for that as well, is it? Yeah. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, so my role is Theatre Manager. I have been in that role for a little over 12 years. Uh, I always said I wouldn't stay in a role longer than 10 years, but the role has evolved quite dramatically over the past number of years, particularly. And I suppose over the past two years, uh, even more particularly because we were provided with opportunities to support the likes of Jamie during COVID times. And that really um, uh, empowered us to consider how we can carry out that body of work more and more. So that's been really interesting for us. So, um, so yes, the Theatre Royal is, is, is still in a, in a, in an evolving period, um, due to settle down very soon. And we see the building as an opportunity for every single person who wants to use it to come and use it. And that's really, um, where we're coming from now. And so we would have approached you guys to consider bringing your students in because we want to knock the doors down. We want people to simply use that building for whatever purpose they want to use it. Hence, Jamie is a theatre artist in resident. It gives him the opportunity to um, use that space and all of its resources to his advantage as a as a creator. Um, and, and then for your students to, to come in and utilises it in a way that you feel is most appropriate and them also. Um, so with the theatre team, we, we're we endeavouring to get that word out, get that message out. So we're interested in all of our commercial activity, but we're equally interested in the more professional development-led activity. Um, and to to allow the creators of work to simply use that space. Yeah, because I think it's really important to, to say that, that you that you reached out to us and, and came out to the college and had tea with us and everything and said, you know, please come mm. and get your students in here. Yeah. Like that's really, that was such a refreshing thing, you know, to, okay. to have somebody 
come and and because like normally we'd be like, would you mind if? Mm. Um, whereas this was like, oh wow, look, you know, the, there are so many opportunities here, mm. and English and Theatre Studies Day seemed like a, a really good fit as our first kind of foray in there, and and for our students to to see what it was like, and so a lot of those students would be used to, to attending um, events in the theatre, but not all of them. Like, how important is it for you to be getting new people in there? And that's very much part of um, of of the programming strategy that we're working on at the moment. We, for in fact, in 2019, myself and and Sheila, who was heading up marketing at the time, we stood in the office one August and said. God, it's like Groundhog Day. We'd gotten to a stage where our programme of activity had become, I suppose, quite repetitive. And um, so now what our programming strategy is looking like is we will continue to provide the programme that that our audiences really, really want. We want to throw it up in the air and let it land, but capture a lot of other new and um, I suppose more emerging uh, both music and theatre and dance um, activity on the way down and let it land um, so that the programme for 2023 um, it's our intention that it will look very different and so um, and and by extension and to come back to your question that that we we hope that that will provide um, opportunity for your students um, for for second level students the the real kind of realization that that venue is for them we got to start with programming first we also provide for emerging artists particularly is what we call dark time um, Mondays and Tuesdays the building is 90% of the time empty if you have have written a song and you want to hear it in a space come in and stand on that stage with just the work lights on and play and sing so you can hear that new piece um, and we would provide an opportunity for new writing um, to ha- to happen in that way over the past couple of years. So, so through the programme of activity, but also through the opportunity for dark time for residencies and bursaries, we're hoping to attract um, younger audiences and younger users to that space. That's fantastic. It actually, and, and it reminds me of something, Jamie, I'm kind of starting at the very end of English and Theatre <laughs> Studies Day now, but we will come back. Um, it reminds me of a question that was kind of asked yeah. to you at the, you know, at the end of our session, which was, how do we get Waterford back to the glory days? Mm. You know, uh, it's heyday when everybody used to come here and see it as a centre of excellence for theatre. Yeah, uh, that that question hit me between the eyes, to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, when it, when, 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 when it was asked. And it's something that's in been in the back of my head and I know with you Mary as well and we've talked about it a lot to kind of go well the only way we do it is really by example yeah and to kind of go I've been away and I've been working and I've been doing all this for like 20 years now and to be able to come back and bring back some kind of of the skills or whatever that I've learned being away and working professionally and, and, and stuff like that it, 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 like having the opportunity to come back and and, and, and show that and present it and, and pass it on mm. I'm not a teacher I'm saying that on the day you know I, I, I never you know I thought I'd be a teacher and then I wasn't you know but actually the stuff I've been doing with the Theatre Isle it's been a brilliant opportunity that way, you know, to kind of to, to see that your students and I have transition years that come into me and we workshop as well, that there's a real want 
for that, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and want to be able to present things of, of of that kind of level, of a professional level. And when Paul asked that question, I remember thinking, "Oh God, yeah, that's amazing that someone else is thinking like that. It's not just us, because sometimes it can feel like, you know, is it is it just us? Are we are we doing the right thing? Are are we are we doing something that that people get?" And that question, I think, really for me anyway, I kind of went, "Oh, we are." Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Like this is wanted and needed. Mm. Yeah. And and what Mary is doing in the theatre aisle with everyone in there and, and you know, kind of um, opening that space to be that inclusive to kind of anyone, you know. And, and, and you kind of go, that was the way back when I was young, was that, you know, it, it, the feeling was we can do anything. Yeah. You know? And Jamie and I are... are, are uh, 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 part of the lucky few, we grew up with Red Kettle, which was in its absolute height of yeah. professionalism certainly when I stepped into it and I was welcomed with open arms as a as a kid in a school uniform arriving into Garter Lane one day um, and so the training and the mentoring that I got for a period of about 10 years with production managers, company managers stage managers as well as actors yeah. and writers and musicians yeah. uh, was really extraordinary and, and all of my learning really came from that um, hands-on experience and certainly there are people in Waterford who have said to me over the years, I'm I'm winging it. There's nobody that I can learn from. There's no professional on the ground in Waterford who's creating this stuff. And she as a producer was winging it, was trying to figure out how to go about it. So by, by opening the doors of the theatre, we are endeavouring to provide those on the ground in Waterford who are creating and want to create with real professional expertise. Um, Some of the conversations we're having with um, Druid, Rough Magic, Decadent, Fishamble is, and even companies like Branner from Galway who create that wonderful children's work and Theatre Love It. Um, The kind of conversations we're having with them is come to Waterford, develop a piece of work inside our building. Um, There are people in Waterford who would happily work with you um, simply to learn from what it is you're doing. So we're also working with um, with companies outside Waterford in the hope that they will come in and create work in our hometown so people can garner that that expertise from them. And it's not great because like and because one of the another question uh, on that day was about, you know, kind of not liking Shakespeare in school, but now I really like it. So how how do you kind of, you know, kind of foster that? And I yeah. like we were saying like it's it's by going to see things and yeah. being, and the opportunity to see things. And I think, you know, w- you need a space in a city in in where we are now where you can see the best of things because that's inspiring like you it know. is really and and what we do know from from the red kettle uh, days was that there's at least 3100 people in Waterford who want to see good theater we know that because red kettle yeah. would have sold out garter lane over a three week yeah, period remember, so we yeah. know that 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 audience is out there but they're not coming and the reason they're not coming is because they haven't been provided with a consistent offering of that really good theatre work and so that's the conversation we're having with the Abbeys and Druids and stuff guys come in three times a year I can eventually provide you with an audience because they 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 have confidence in knowing that okay what am I going to go see I'm going to see that because it's coming in the autumn and we're trying to develop that 
that that kind of offering. Equally for music, we're trying to develop that kind of offering as well. The backstage at the Royal Venue has really taken off. And so it's it, it's about attracting promoters and musicians to Waterford that are not coming. But we need to get them here because we know the audiences are here. Yeah. And I think when you make it easy for, for people as well to, to attend and to go along to, to something on a regular basis, it, you know, it becomes a habit. And that's what you need. Like, because, you know, I'm part of a film society as well. And once upon a time, it, people came along and didn't know what was on on a given night they would just come along in in faith you know in the the faith that it would be something decent that's a, exactly what we're talking about the back of the mansion in the late 80s and 90s in Waterford <laughs> we went I never knew what was on it didn't matter yeah. but I went backstage at the Royal will in our minds will we would hope will eventually become that or your 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 regular theatre you're going because Theatre Royal has fish shamble down next month. Don't know what it is, but it's fish shamble, so I'm going. And yeah. so it's instilling that confidence in audiences. And so, and the reasoning for that is to provide audiences with excellent work. But but by extension, the reason for that is to provide is to make sure that Jamie Beamish stays in Waterford <laughs> and has no reason to go back to London. Oh, well. And Anna Reardon. You can do both. Like, yeah, you know okay. Jamie's yeah. feeling uncomfortable now. <laughs> yeah. The pressure is on now. Yeah, but yeah. for all of those people endeavouring to create work in Waterford, once the audiences are confident in what the theatres are, are are putting out there, it's just, it creates a full circle, yeah. doesn't it? And I think you teach an audience like as well, that that that's the thing. They, they learn to kind of go, oh, right, OK, because there was a to point. Trust, yeah, absolutely. It yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. And I remember like uh, leading up to COVID anyway, every summer I'd come back with some of the lads from London with something we yeah. put together in London. Yeah. And, you know, the stuff we were doing um, initially, it was like, say, Pat Daly Place so or Waterford Play, great great audience then the following year then we come back with Mr Man Endo Walsh like and there's an audience there would never normally go and mm. see that mm. but because they liked our offering before they go oh well, let's give this a go and they loved it do you they know did, what I mean yes, it was like I, I, I was looking in at the people in the height of the summer yeah, there's 200 people well. in the room and you're going yeah. really? yeah yeah. And was, so you yeah. know it's out there mm. and it's just letting them know that it's okay to come in this will be good, lads. I swear, yeah. I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. And then for creators, um, I, I, the, the fostering of, 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 you know, the creation of theatre is letting people know that you're good enough to do it. Yeah. I think that's a really big thing. And we were talking about that on, on uh, the English and Theatre Studies Day where I was just saying, you know, I'm from up the road. Like, I, you know, I am from Waterford and I've gone off and I've done this and I've done this. So it's possible. Mm. Yeah. There, there, there's nothing special about me. I just worked hard at it and I love it. And, and I'm looking at people and your students and kind of going, look at you, you love it. Yeah. So what's the difference? There, there really is none. Uh, we had opportunities. You're dead right in the, in the 90s. So I was sitting mm. in for a few, not you know, about five years of that. I, I I was there, and it's the reason I started writing music through Little Red Kettle and Mary and and Lee Mar and um, and and Ben Hennessy making me. And the opportunity was there to do it and to work on that technical side of theatre, and it, it was amazing. And it forms everything I've I've done since. So for other people now to have that opportunity is is imperative mm. you know uh, I think absolutely forward. absolutely I mean to be asked I got a phone call from a, a young girl um, a couple of summers ago and she said to me how do I take that next step up that ladder how do I actually do that and she needs to be immersed in that world of, of professional creativity in order for her to be able to and 
and to experience that. Yeah, and just to know and that you can. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, that it is possible. And I think that, that goes back to the question that was asked. How do we kind of get Waterford back or how do people feel like they can do it? Mm. And it's by seeing other people do it. Yeah. Do it, you know, yeah. and to show Absolutely. them how it, And yeah. can I ask you, Mary, as well, you know, when you were kind of developing this Art, this theatre artist in residence role was part of that, you know, so, so part of it was the idea of, you know, trying to nurture Jamie's talent as well and give him a space in which he could kind of develop some work. But was part of that also the outreach element to try and connect in some way as well with other people, knowing the kind of guy he is as well. Yeah. And, and you know, he's he's a good chatterbox, isn't he? He sure is. And yeah, I mean, um, it's an interesting one because um, uh, the Theatre Royal as an organisation has wanted to take on a, a theatre or, or, or an artist in residence for a number of years now. And it would come up at a board meeting every now and then. And I was always reluctant to kind of jump at it because uh, you must... You have to find the right person. And and what I ended up saying, suggesting was that um, let's let's wait and see something. Someone will present themselves at some point that will be right and, a, and the right fit and at the right time. And so when when Jamie came in last year with Anne and ghosting was going on and the guys were using the space to rehearse and Jamie and I were chatting and then there was one day in the bar and it was a eureka moment because he fitted all of the <laughs> necessary requirements. But to answer your question, in the first place, it was about supporting the artist, supporting the creator, giving space, giving... Um, a fee, uh, providing this person with time to simply just stop and and think about what it was they wanted to create, and then perhaps create it, um, and and then of course how I was how I could sell it then was because of Jamie's experience. And you say that you're not a teacher, and I know a couple of other people out there like it who say I'm not a teacher, but in fact you are a damned good one. And the way in which you deliver information to people is it so engaging and really isn't that what teaching should be. Um, and I would have seen you do that with young people over the years um, through our Little Red Kettle time. So, but in fairness... It was Jamie's really, Jamie was the person who came up with the ideas for the young people and the approach and how that would work and stuff. So we were able to then put a call out for TY students. And then by extension with Jamie's own connections, the work that he's done with your students, with the music students, there's further work being done next week. Um, so Jamie has delivered that without any kind of <laughs> nothing has been forced in all of this. It's really worked quite uh, seriously. Yeah, when you when you came to me and talked about engagement being part of it, sure, I yeah. kind of went. So how like in my head, what does that look like? And I, I, I kind of like I say, I was kind of going. So I want to talk to the music students. I wanted to talk to the theatre and, and English students. And and the TYs was 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 a big mm. one as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and would have been from our end yeah, too. Wasn't get it? get them young, like it's as simple as that. <laughs> and like the mad thing is, kind of go, I, you know, whatever about like okay, Bridgerton and Dairy Girls, and I'm in it, so people might know me a bit now, like these days. And so a lot of your students would have come in. I know you you publicised it as and put a picture of me as Nigel from Bridgerton on the flyer. <laughs> I was laughing, Lovely. and you know, Grant, and look, Grant. So they might have come in. 
and kind of go, here's me man from Bridgerton, like, let's have a look at what's going on here. But I, then I'm talking about iambic pentameter and, and concept led Shakespeare, like, you know what I mean? And for me, that's exciting because, mm. like, these are conversations I have in my head with myself because there's no one else who listen to me, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and, and I wanted to ask you about that, right? So, so you started off um, talking about iambic pentameter and what, like, a mystery that was to you when you started, mm. you know, when you were in Shakespearean plays as a young actor yeah. and you were in there going, I don't know all yeah. of these things. And so I loved how you started off with this idea that, you know, I hadn't a clue, folks. Here's what I learned. Yeah. And, you know, like you, Mary, we all disagreed completely that Jamie isn't a very good teacher. Mm-hmm. I think he just doesn't want to be talked into doing yeah. too Indeed. much. Indeed, <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's what's in their mind. <laughs> so just talk to me about, like, the, when when the light bulb came on for you, I think I'm, I'm teaching a Shakespeare module this semester and some of the plays are easier to sell than others. Mm-hmm. Right. We've got Richard III, right. who's a great bad guy. Yeah. Uh, we've got Much Ado About Nothing, which is one of my favourite mm-hmm. yeah. Shakespearean plays. Mm-hmm. But then we've got Coriolanus and oh, Coriolanus wow. is a really tricky one to sell because there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of kind of historical relevance in relation to what was going on in Rome at the time, but also in relation to what was going on in Shakespeare's time mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. kind of food shortages mm-hmm. and enclosure God, and things like that. And so it's a hard sell. But yet we were talking about Will Smith in our lecture this morning and the idea of the public and private persona that, you know, Mm. you can kind of bring to the fore. And so, like, for me, in a play like that, you can always see some kind of, I don't know, something about your own culture coming through. And I think when you were tapping into how do you delve into the meter um, here, you know, and you were talking about iambic pentameter, that's what you were also being able to do. You were trying to draw those threads through so that people could see that there was a relevance to the way that this rhythm would give you, you know, a access yeah, to, the, I, I, absolutely, to the plot yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and exactly that. And I think that, you know, with iambic pentameter and everything like that, and this is, a lot of this is my supposition as well as anything I've been taught or over, over the years. But it, it's just the thing of going like, he, these are clues from history. Like he, he's sending this forward to us. And it's like, in a way, it's like a musical score because you look at a musical mm-hmm. score and, and, and it's there. You know what I mean? Interpretation has to go on top of that, of course. But there are actually all, all, all the clues and, and, and the things are, are, are there for you. The word um, uh, relevant is a really, it's a really weird word, I think, when it comes to uh, drama because people will use it and kind of go God this play is so relevant and I kind of think every play is relevant and the relevancy is is there if you look for it anyway Portia Coughlin people are going oh my God I mean it's so relevant now isn't it and I, and I went well I never stopped being relevant mm. and it's easy to say oh look at it now it's relevant those relevancies are there anyway every era you know what I mean over the years and you talk about like Coriolanus and talking about Will Smith isn't that brilliant like that's why they're still alive that's why they're still around Mm. that's why these are great plays and it's great drama because they never stop being relevant and people use it as a buzzword to say we're doing it now because it's relevant and you kind of go can you not just do it now because it's really good? Yeah, the relevancy will will will, will take care of itself. I think you know, and an audience will come and, and will see that for themselves. Mm. If you push it too much, I think you can kill it. But that's that's my own opinion of that. So 
so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's why I find it fascinating. But it's not something you know chatting about, about iambic pentameter. It's not something you have a chat with in the pub like with the <laughs> lads about like or anything like that. And I hope I hope your students got something out of it. Like and like I say, I I I didn't have a clue about it. It's not something I went and studied. I learned on the job. And actually, I learned a lot of my career on the job. To be honest. Well, I mean, you know, we're not giving anything away when we say that the secret to iambic, iambic pentameter that you revealed on the day was de-dum, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? You know, when you boil it down to it. And the, yeah. the, the thing that I always kind of find with it is uh, someone said it to me quite early on. It, uh, the reason it's like that, it's because it's like the beat of your heart. And isn't that great? Like, you know what I mean? Because it, it, for me anyway, it just kind of, that, that really solidifies it to kind of say that's, that's why, and that's why it means something and, and why it is something. You pull it apart and I played that uh, piece of um, Andrew Scott doing To Be or Not To Be and he pulls it all over the place. And that's as, that's as relevant as anything. That's as good as anything. But you know that Andrew Scott knows the, 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 the basis where that's from. Yeah, he's not, he's not just barreling into it. He knows the crack, you know what I mean? And you have initially. to know the rules to break yeah, them. Absolutely. Mm. Do. That's, that's the big mm. thing, of course. Yeah. And one of the, another thing that, that I know the students really enjoyed. So you were doing iambic pentameter in the first session. Mm. And then in the second session, you were talking about concept led performances mm. of Shakespeare. And so you were, you know, you, you had shots of you as Elvis yeah. in The Merchant of Venice, which oh, yeah. isn't, which isn't a, you know, something that you would tend to, to think of as, as a major role in The Merchant of Venice. Um, but it was, you know, definitely one of your more memorable looks. Um, so, you know, when the students are seeing that, and I know you're, you're talking about how the relevance will come through in its, you know, but having something novel can draw a student or any other person into Shakespeare can't it when they might have been a little bit nervous about it? I think you're dead right, yeah. Uh, and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about concepts uh, led, led productions and how these plays, like they're so robust after 400 years, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can, If you're clever, you can do anything with them, do you know? And so... So yeah, so looking at *Our Merchant of Venice* set in modern Las Vegas and stuff like that, it, it, it's a, it's always a great kind of example of how the story is the most important thing, no matter what you put on it. But the great thing is, is putting something like that on it, it actually and it makes it relevant for a new audience. I don't mean that; it makes it exciting for a new audience. Mm. I think that's the thing, you know, where you're kind of go, God, I was, I did a session with the transition years that started this week, and it was all about um, auditioning for drama school. Yeah, and you know, they're they're in fourth year, uh, so they don't even have to think about that really till sixth year. But it's great to start thinking about it now if if they're thinking about it. Quite a lot of them are, it turns out. So I was telling them that, like, certainly for England, um, and you know, for for straight drama courses, certainly they would need a. Uh, um, they would need a speech in verse. They'd need a classical speech. And they're all going, oh, I hate Shakespeare. Oh, I hate Shakespeare. So I played the uh, trailer for my Merchant of Venice that I played for you guys uh, that morning as well. And, and they were kind of looking, going, what? Like, mm. is that possible? Mm. And I kind of going, yeah, you just haven't seen it. That's all, you know. And also a lot of them, like they, you know, they, they've been watching Shakespeare on, on a screen, you know, rather than sitting in a theatre watching a good production. There's nothing like it. At all, like you know, mm. and you kind of go. So yeah, relevancy is the thing, but like excitement, I think is 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 really important as well. And and productions like that, where you're really kind of hitting them over the head, like kind of going, isn't this like isn't this great? Look at it. you're with it. You never. I said that on the day. I I think kind of they say if you you know if you understand thirty percent without studying it, you know, seeing it clean. If you understand thirty percent of 
the the words, I mean, not, not what's going on, but the words, if you understand 30% of it, you're doing really well. But a really good production will mean that you, you but you can follow the story completely, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of the tougher Shakespeare's in really good productions and they're like, I've, I've gone, you know, I, I can't read this. I find it really hard to read this. I'm watching it and it's so clear. It's so, so clear. And Cymbeline like, was, was one. I remember sitting watching in Regent's Park going, wow, this is amazing. I would never, I, I couldn't get past the first two pages of this. But actually watching it in a really good production and, and, and like I say, clear, that, that, that's where, and they're supposed to be, yeah, it's, it's spoken out loud and performed. Yeah, that's yeah. the big yeah. thing. I remember seeing um, Ruth Negga's Hamlet yeah, in, yeah. in Dublin, but I brought Sophie, who, my daughter, mm. who was nine or ten at the time, oh. and I kind of thought, and I said to her, you know, if we just sit through the first act of this and you feel that that's enough, we can leave. Mm-hmm. And we got to the end of the first act and it was it was really exciting just at the end of the first act. And she turned around to me and she said, we're not leaving. <laughs> and she, she, there, there was no way she was going anywhere. She needed to know how it turned out, you know. For her, yeah, it was this brilliant? is a brand new story. It's not super, like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah I Yeah, story, story, agree. story. I mean, that, that, that's what I always say. You know what mm. I mean? These are brilliant stories. And yeah. just, you know, you, and, and telling them right, the language will deal with itself, I think. Mm. You know. And it's, it's a concern for the theatre as well, um, Mary, isn't it? The, the idea of, you know, what we might think of as, you know, elite high culture mm. and then more popular commercial stuff. Like, if, if in a theatre like the Theatre Royal, you have to really balance that, don't you, in order to to make sure that you're able to, to do everything. Absolutely. I mean, you can, um, when you programme, I suppose... What I have to try and keep in mind is um, is is the marketing side of it. Unfortunately, um, and there are there are there are ways to catch the attention of an audience when promoting something. And we, you know, it's it's unfortunately it's Jamie's head, or it's or it's or it's Druid Theatre Company are coming to town, <laughs> or it's you know it's as blatant as that. And you must give them at least one of those elements so that they can um, they can trust it um, and buy into it. It is very, very tricky because, um, and it'll get trickier now over the next couple of years because a lot of people have been creating work at home, and it's it's the responsibility now of our art centres and venues to to uh, stage that work, and so it is. It will be new work, and it will be emerging um, actors and musicians that are coming through that we will want to support. So we need our audience to trust us in that journey, really, don't we? But, but there's also the, like the place of, you, what is it? There's a Joe Dolan show on, is it? Yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. there should be. Absolutely. Th- that's yeah. the thing, isn't Absolutely. it? You know, all those, kind of, and, and Pat Kinavan's on the same weekend. Or, exactly. You know, you, you kind of, it's not amazing, I, I, I think. And because <clears throat> the theatre is a space, I, I think where all of those things should happen. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's getting that, ba- that balance right. Right. I mean, at the moment, our balance is completely askew, whereby our commercial activity in 2019 was, I think, 96% of our programme. Mm-hmm. And um, it's my intention to balance that to a 50-50 point. And now our board and, and, <laughs> and money people are terrified of that idea. And rightly so. And, and that's a very long term ambition, very, very long term. And we need all kinds of supports to make it happen. But But that's a real ambition. And if we don't have that ambition, then we're at Nothing. But you're right. I mean, this weekend we have, as Jamie said, a Joe Dolan night. We have Pat Kinnevin with 
before. And then we have Jode the Magician from RTE on on Sunday afternoon. And all three of those those events, people are very, very interested in. And it is essentially something for everyone. So it's getting that balance right is really key. It's funny, like as an actor, you know, you kind of go... um, yeah, TV and film work. And I, I, years ago, before I was doing any TV and film work, I'd always kind of hear TV and film actors go, yeah, yeah, I do this to pay for the theatre. And I was kind of going, really? And then now I do it, I go, yes, oh God, that makes utter sense, yeah? And you do that commercial work so that the artistic side of yeah. it then is possible. And that's yeah? exactly what we, the venue, are doing as well. Yeah. So the commercial work is is there for all kinds of reasons. Certainly one of them is to support everything else that we're endeavouring to carry out. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so, 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 like, you know, it's as valid. Like, yeah, and that's the thing. Absolutely. People want, absolutely. you need, you know, that, the, the point of theatre is, is getting people in there, you know, getting your students in there, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I, I kind of really like to see the Joe Dolan night myself, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, the crack Not is going to be on the Not a seat to be had. there you are. Not a seat to be had. But brilliant. And, 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 and if even a tenth of those people are sitting there kind of going, you know, a few months down the line and there's, 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 there's a play on or there's something, mm. they kind of go, what we do tonight let's go to the theatre we're having a great conversation at the moment about opera so Irish National Opera have have uh, programmed their 2023 spring season and we want both of what they're offering um, but we can't afford both of what they're mm-hmm. offering and in fairness to INO they've come up with a good compromise for us t- to be able to because we want to sell not one piece of opera in spring of 23 but two pieces and and sell them to that 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 opera audience who we know is in town um, and and again, that's instilling. Com- but the conversation to be had is okay. We have spring twenty three locked down. Let, let's talk about autumn and let's talk about it as soon as possible, um, so that that consistency can be provided to that audience. And you'd love to think that there are Joe Dolan audience uh, fans in that room that will see that opera's coming and book tickets to that because we always kind of segmented our audiences and we threw that notion out the window in 2018. That's a ridiculous idea. Yeah. When my brother and his wife came into a, a music gig and went and Sally said, look what's on on Sunday afternoon. Let's book tickets, bring the kids. And that crossover is constantly happening and yeah. we see it you know, and and so we're lucky. The Theatre Royal is lucky that we have the opportunity to to program a vast and everything really um, across the board because we have four hundred and thirty two seats and it yeah. provides us with that opportunity. And I, I think coming out of COVID as well, it's 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 a big thing. People want to go and see things now, yeah. isn't it? Like you know, mm. you can you can feel it when you're in there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, like the, the the music school coming in and you guys coming in and sitting in the theater that you know we're sitting together, we're having this communal experience. We're not on Zoom all of a sudden. Isn't that mm. great? Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine doing that on Zoom. No, oh, we did. <laughs> well, of course, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So we had um, the author Billy O'Callaghan on Zoom. Oh, he was yeah. he was fantastic, they, and the students absolutely loved him. But I would have loved so much for him to have been there. You know, in in the mm. college or wherever mm. with our students, obviously it's it's so much more immediate, isn't it? It's the connection. And so that's, I think, part of what the theatre is about and part of what these English and Theatre Studies Days are about, actually, is it's not just trying to teach the students an, another, I don't know, text or something or, you know, lay extra work on them. It's a lot of it is about personal connection mm. and yeah. making you feel like you belong to the course even as well and, and giving you new perspective on something that you thought you knew. So like Jamie, t- you talking about iambic pentameter in that way is great because, you know, 
that can seem boring if you're reading about it all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you have Nigel from Bridgerton <laughs> telling you about it, yeah. it's a bit different. No, it's cool. Absolutely. It's lived experience, isn't it? And that's yeah. what you yeah. that's what you try and pass on. And and all of it, you know, you're saying I'm a better teacher than I talk about. What I am is a storyteller. And that's that's what I do even through whatever I do. Like theatre is about telling stories. Yeah, it's about representing things like that. You know, as an actor, I tell a story. As a writer, I tell a story. As a sound designer, I try and help tell a story. And so all of that. And I, I think that's, if anything, I, I can do. And if you take that as, as it being a lesson, grand, but it is really just telling stories. You I'm know? thinking the next body of people we need to um, bring into one of your workshops is parents of second level students. Right, OK. We're ha- I'm having ongoing conversations. We have raked them in on work experience at the moment, as well as the gang that Jamie's working with and one of them told me yesterday that musical theatre is her first love and she wants to study musical theatre in Cork with David Mm, Hayes but her parents have advised her that perhaps that's not the right approach so she's going on to be a primary school teacher And, and, and I suppose what Jamie is a wonderful example of is and then like the 17 year old who's insisting on being an actor and you're trying to encourage him to think a little bit broader than that and then Jamie comes in and talks about his own experience and gives those young people that real insight into well if I want to be an actor I can also work in the industry by doing X, Y and Z which is exactly what you've done which has allowed you to stay I suppose in that industry because you you have broadened out your your skill set and it allows you then take on work elsewhere. Yeah and I think think if anything like uh, what I'd say to him is you know whatever about financially and and, like because I've had to do other jobs you know over the years grand um, but actually it's it's the work I do in theatre outside being an actor kept me head together. Mm, yeah, okay. it kept me head in, the, in that space. And I, so I never, you know, lost sight of it or I never kind of got disillusioned with it because what I was doing fed it. It fed, good, yeah. it fed the love, it fed the want. It and it fed, fed you. Oh, well, it did actually. But sometimes just beans and ham. But um, <laughs> yeah. but like, it, like literally, it, it, it does that. And, mm. you know, part of it, and people say to me, especially over COVID, they were saying to me, have you any advice? Like, I mean, it's, it's desperate. You know, it's, it, it, mm. it's really a terrible situation. And my big thing was keep your nerve. And it's hard. It's so, mm. It was so hard. But just keep your nerve. Keep your nerve. Because if you hold on to it, and you keep going, no, no, this will happen. This will happen. And you work hard. And sometimes you have to make it happen for yourself. That's that's something I've learned over the past 10 years even to kind of go, OK, if, you know, uh, the phone isn't ringing, uh, then, well, I'll make my own work or I'll help people make work and, and, mm. and things like that. Mm. And, you know, and, and trying to, um, for young people, the big thing, if I put anything over during this residency, is to show how hard you have to work to yeah. make it work because there's a thing especially with acting especially with acting kind of going it all looks very glamorous and all looks very cool and um, and actually you know Will Smith Smack and Chris Rock like that to me talks of his mental health and what like you know he's going through and the pressures that are on so it's all very well and the man's a multi-million millionaire and everything but there's still a problem with him that he had to get up and smack someone it's mm, crazy you yeah, know what I mean mm. and this is the pressures we're all under and, and all in different ways but the like I say to put across like how it's not easy but it's worth it. But understand the hard work you need to put in. And yeah. I think that was something that was great on the day as well that you were talking about. Well, I actually made you talk about hmm. it because you hadn't brought it up, but I, I wanted you to to tell them about all the different hats you wear. And, you know, the fact that like you might have this 
kind of dream, you know, as a teenager, mm. particularly yeah. um, those people that you're talking about now who are kind of 16, 17 and, and this ignites a fire in them. And it's so important to feed that flame, you know, it really is. But at the same time, you know, there needs to be somebody in the background who's going, that is amazing, fantastic, brilliant. But also, what about this skill over here that you could develop, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. writing or, yeah. you know, sound design or whatever mm-hmm. it might be in the background, you know, backstage stuff or, you know, theatre managing or event managing or whatever. Um, and so, like, I think that's a really important message as well. The, the follow your dreams message can be a little bit Har- harmful, I think, in, I think, so, in yeah, some ways. I, I yeah. think so, and I think there's a thing, and mm. I, I might be shot for being say, <laughs> say, say this, but like people in this town, in the city, uh, can be very, and they're they're great, you know what I mean, and and and, but they say things like, "God, oh, that's good enough to be in the West End." It's it's not, you know, like because I've been there and I know what's good enough to be in the West End. Are these people great and brilliant at what what they do? They are, but it's a hobby, yeah. If you're going to do it at a professional level, it's another level. And there is a level. And I had that conversation with the TYs on uh, Monday and I was talking about, you know, going in and auditioning for a drama school. They're all very into musical theatre. So I kind of, you know, kind of was talking about that a lot. And so I was saying, you know, you need to sing well, you need to act well, you need to dance well, you need to do all three things, you know, well. And I was saying, who's here has been in a show? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been in a show. So, you know, the dancing you do in that show and in, in, in the show in town and whatever. Yeah, uh, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's great and it's really good. And I said, but it's not good enough to get you into drama school. You need to be a better dancer than what you're being asked to do. So it's about working hard at your your skill set to get you to a point where you are good at it. And to realise that there is another level above your hobby to become a professional. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a real big thing and and, and it's a hard lesson to learn. Um, It's a great foundation. It's a brilliant foundation. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without being from Waterford. Indeed. Yeah. But, you know, like I say, our luck was that, and certainly my luck, was working, and I was working backstage, and I, was work, I wasn't on stage or anything like that. But when we were working on those shows in the 90s, the, the actors that were coming in, you know, uh, what I mean? yeah. it was unbelievable. We got to see some yeah. fine work, yeah, didn't yeah. we? Oh, no, and see yeah. it in a rehearsal room. Yeah. So the from day one and throughout that rehearsal period. Yeah. And to see that journey. I mean, really, we were very lucky, yeah, weren't we? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so the idea of trying to make that possible again, yeah. I think that's, yeah. that, 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 that's, a, that's a big thing. It's and, very important yeah, for Waterford, yeah. it and really just, is. Just it? to leave them know, like, that, like, like I say, what you're doing is great and your hobby and everything fine, but if you really want to do it, it's, it's, it's really hard. And the rejection, I always talk about that. You know, you, you're getting told no all the time. Mm-hmm. The kind of things that have been said to me over the years, you know what I mean? And some people crying home like and that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you develop, you have to develop a thick hide and realise that like, yeah, uh, I need to take that on the chin and get better and get better. And the get introduction better and of theatre and drama studies to as a leaving cert oh, wow. subject is great news. It's great, great news. And we were talking about it at home yeah. last night. And the first thing that, my husband Liam said it who's going to teach it and that's that's just the concern at the moment but if but if that's the kind of thing that that will be taught to them not just the practical you know acting classes voice coach whatever but that mentality well who will really teach key. it will be the graduates of English and Theatre yeah. fantastic brilliant brilliant and to know that but uh, it's funny like that day one of my favourite parts of the day the English and Theatre Studies day was when everyone came up on stage for a, a photo yeah and I realise and I do I think about it uh, where and those kids in TYs they're mad to get up there mm-hmm. some of your students would never have been on that side of the auditorium 
No. They're standing up there and, and, and it's a very different perspective. And I think it's a perspective everyone should have. Not necessarily performing, yeah. but just to know that there's theatre, you sitting there watching it, but there's also stand up there and have a look out and see what the other side see. I think I think it's really important, mm. like, you know. Well, listen, I just want to say thanks a million because it was fantastic experience for us and fantastic experience for our students to be in there, in that space, but also to have your wisdom, Jamie, mm. and to be imparting that. And also to be, to feel like you're being, you're, you're part of this opening up mm. of that scene in Waterford and hopefully that we will all build that together as a community as well. There was a nice feeling of that, I felt. Um, and the fact that you're reaching out to all different um, sectors of that community is really mm. important as well. So I just want to say thanks a million for joining me today. Thank thanks, nice Mary. Day. Thanks, Jamie. Um, and we look forward to lots more events in the Theatre Royal. For sure. <laughs> thanks, Jenny. Thanks.